The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal Kaiju and Tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's more time. Lisa! Tai Saku Sentai, Pod Ranger! Hello, listeners with Attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing the Justice League slash Power Rangers comics. So I really wish that we were giving awards for this because I already know what's going to get my I, I, I can't believe that happened. And it is a big I, I, I can't believe that happened <laughs> because it was said by the bot himself, <laughs> by the bot himself. Yes, yes, yes. Quite. Yes, quite. Yes, and quite. I don't even, I, wow. Anyway, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, it's like, wow, I'm going to really be in my element and poor Michael is going to be lost. <laughs> I mean, okay. So for, to be fair, to be fair, um, I probably will be a little lost because, you know, I have a, I have, I have a basic knowledge of, uh, of DC comics, but it's not as robust as, as you obviously. Obviously. And then the funny thing is with these comics, by the way, this is our first Boom Studios comic on here, technically, although it's also a DC comic because, you know, it's just kind of funny like that. So we haven't quite gotten there yet. We started with paper cuts. Now we're DC and Boom. And yeah, Mm -hmm. anyway, but I actually got this graphic. I got this graphic novel for you before I got it for myself, which is you just did. kind of funny. You did, I got it for yes. it. Was it Christmas or your birthday? Because I don't really remember. Close. It was December. It was one of those. It was one of those. Yeah, it was because, one of those yeah. because you had said that I think it was because Travis was telling you you had to. <laughs> you, you wanted to start reading uh, American comics outside of Power Rangers and mm-hmm. you were so I thought, okay, fine. I'm going to send him this graphic novel because it's got Power Rangers, but it has the greatest DC heroes in it as well, just to whet your appetite a little bit. And I do remember you did call me up after that. And it's like, so who's Brainiac? And my response was, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. I, re- I remember that having that conversation with you. Uh, yeah, so today's going to be interesting, to say the least. It, I agree, it will be. But before we get started, um, Nathan, we have some feedback to catch up on. So, <laughs> is um, it a letter or is it a review? It's actually track it's actually, <laughs> it's actually two reviews because I want to get I want to get caught up on our reviews and I want to get caught up on our emails because we did take some time off. And I messaged you the other day. It's like you know what's been missing from the podcast 
we have been forgetting to read the feedback since we since we were out of uh, since we were on break. So we're going to start with we've got some emails from you, the listeners with attitude, and we've got some direct messages from you guys, and we've gotten stuff on our Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy, and we've gotten iTunes reviews, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We got a lot of feedback to cover, but we're going to start with these Apple Podcast reviews this time around. Uh, the first one comes from username Nurse with Attitude. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> And it's and the the title of the review. It's a five star review, and the title of the review says "Great Show." Uh, and Nurse with Attitude says, uh, "I love I, I love the rapport these two hosts have." Uh, whoever whoever wrote this spelt report, but I get it. It's rapport. Um, I love the rapport these two hosts have. I know nothing about Power Rangers, but I love how passionate they both are. Also, the red one, Michael is hot. So thank you nurse with attitude. I really appreciate that feedback from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate that. feedback. I can't face palm hard enough. <laughs> Why? This is a, this is an honest, this is an honest review from a, from a, from a honest person just saying what they think um, about this podcast, about this show. And, you know, I, I'm not a person, I'm not a person who really receives compliments very well. I'm, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I always get a little uncomfortable when people give me compliments. I don't know why I'm, it's probably my, it's, it's just part of my personality, but you know what? I appreciate this nurse with attitude, um, uh, saying that I'm the hot one. Uh, it's not the only time that's ever happened on this podcast, by the way. If I have to bite my tongue any harder, I won't be able to talk. <laughs> well, let's not do that because I need, I'm, I'm going to need your expertise later on in the show. So, uh, the second review, uh, is another five-star review and this comes from Elijah T 13. Um, huh. and so, like he's a Terminator 13 or something. I think so. What? Or he's, or it's Elijah teenager, 13 years old. But I, does I, he I, have attitude? Hmm. No, he's kind of a wet blanket because I know is he even is. old enough to be a teenager with attitude. I don't know. That's a good question. How old do you have to be to have an iTunes account? Mm. Does he even like iTunes? I don't know. These are all like really valid questions that I would direct to this user because I don't know them right offhand. I mean, I know he likes us, but I'm not sure he likes much of anything else. No, that's true. He is a little bit gatekeeper. Anyway, uh, it's a it's a it's a five star review. The title of the review is a power field podcast for epic ranger rangerians rangeria rangerians rangerians. Okay, Um, this is planet ranger. Planet ranger isn't a thing. Rangerians. Epic rangerians. Okay. Anyway, uh, Elijah writes. Uh, this is the definitive Power Rangers podcast, both embracing, <laughs> bra- embracing and holding the franchise to the highest standards and love you could pot and love you could possibly you could possibly have. Uh, Michael and Nathan are true Ranger fans and surely <laughs> will entertain, uh, inform and intrigue all Power Ranger fans from all walks of life. The best Power Rangers podcast available. Well, thank you. Uh, Elijah T13 for that lovely review. And also thank you nurse with attitude for that all for, for also submitting 
that lovely review. We we appreciate you both. We we sincerely do. Wait so, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Nurse with attitude said the red one is hot, right? Yes. But I'm red now. Yes, but you weren't red in December. <laughs> you weren't red in December. So this review was submitted on December the 4th of 2022. Oh, fine. You got me there. Right. Huh. This, coincidentally, this was submitted two days after my birthday. Hmm. That's weird. Okay. Um, More tongue biting. Moving on. Um, so, Nathan, we have a comic to talk about here. Uh, Power uh-huh. Rangers uh, X, the Justice League. It's, um, there is no X. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this is not Power Rangers Cross Justice League, and it's Justice League is first. <laughs> Whatever. Power Rangers will also come will always come first. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Just read the epic plot synopsis, please. Lord Zed invades the command center after using a fake Alpha 5 bomb. He and Zack fall through a faulty teleporter and into the DC universe. The rest of the Rangers follow, and after a brief battle with the Justice League of America, they join forces after learning that the villainous AI Brainiac has gone to their world and shrunken and bottled Angel Grove. With their Morphous stolen and the Zords under Brainiac's control, two teams of iconic superheroes must fight the Zed Brainiac Alliance to save the Earth. Which is a much more epic plot synopsis than what was given to us on the back of this book. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and I mean, I haven't read the back cover on this in a while, and uh, it just says I the justice. The, the <laughs> I, justice, I wasn't going to read it the whole thing. I know that it, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, but something I wanted to point out here: the Justice League have never met heroes like these teenagers. Emphasis on teenagers with attitude before before. So you took Umbridge. And it starts up with Watch Out Justice League. It's morphin time. It's like, we get it, boom. You handled most of the work on this. Sheesh. You, <laughs> you, you took Umbridge with this a little bit. A did little bit. A, a little bit. I'm like, because I'm just like, come on. You don't, let, I mean, the, the comic in and of itself, I do think. It's harmless. It's, it, well, no, I just want to say, I think it gives the slightest bit more credence i want to say to the power rangers mm-hmm. but not by a whole lot I this would is say, actually this actually is a very balanced crossover no i believe I it's very i th- i believe it's extremely balanced like i was like revisiting this a few months later almost a year later um i i was a little bit surprised how balanced this was so uh just to go over just to do some quick housekeeping um uh, Tom Taylor was the writer who's been involved uh, with several. Uh, he's, he's done a DC. lot of dust stuff for he, DC. He has. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stephen Bryan was the Burn. artist. Burn, was it Byrne? Yeah. B-Y-R-N-E. Not to be confused with John Byrne, mm-hmm. who relaunched the Superman comics back in the 80s after Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a bunch of words that you probably don't understand, I'm guessing. <laughs> Don't hold it. Don't hold it against me. Anyway, Stephen Byrne was the artist and colorist for this project. Mm -hmm. Um, Darren Bennett was the letterer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carl Kershill was the collection cover artist. 
So for, for this project. And of course, this is a collaboration between uh, Boom Studios and DC Comics. So that's kind of the just a really quick overview of who worked on this book. There's a whole team that worked on this book. I'm not going to name them all here. Uh, if you want to find that stuff out, you can um, uh, by either reading this book yourself or just looking it up on. Right, or, right, right. Well, and the, and this book is pretty easy to come by. You can still get it on. No, Amazon. it's still it's still cheap. cheap. I think. Uh, let me see here. Let me do a quick little Amazon search. Yeah. Well, um, while you do that, I'll run through some more housekeeping here. Sure. So this is a six issue crossover miniseries produced by. DC Comics and Boom Studios, mm -hmm. although I think Boom probably did most of the work on this. So DC basically outsourced their heroes to mm -hmm. Boom for them to play around with for this mm -hmm. yeah, for this particular crossover. So basically, they loaned their toys to Boom and let them play with them for a while. Mm -hmm. right. And it was published from January 11th, 2017 to September 27th, 2017. And I look at that and I think, huh, they must have had to take a little bit longer for some of those issues because that is definitely not six months. Mm. <laughs> and according to an interview with Comics Alliance, Tom Taylor and Stephen Byrne joked that if they had a sequel, they might give the Justice League their own Megazord. Oh, that would be fascinating. And I want to know what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fast. That would be because this this comic and, and we'll get there. But this comic does it does stop on a cliffhanger. Kind of a cliffhanger. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, we got a sequel to the Power Rangers TMNT crossover and they're doing basically that sort of an idea, which is they're reversing it where in the first miniseries, the turtles became Rangers. But in the next one, the Rangers are turning into anthropomorphic animals. In this yes. case, anthropomorphic dinosaurs. I haven't gotten it yet, but I plan to, and it looks crazy. I've seen some of the images. Uh, I, I see. I've seen some of the the still images from the first issue, and it looks nuts. It does look nuts. It look. It's going. I have a feeling it's going to be like what a lot of these crazy crossovers tend to be, which is that it'll just be big, silly fun. Mm -hmm. which is yeah. fine. Although I'm going to come out and just say it right now, even though I do think you and I have, I think we've gotten request. We've also got, uh, gotten requests for this, but I, I guess at some point we may have to, but I don't know if it'll be on the power trip or something else, but I like this more than Godzilla versus power Rangers. We're mm, 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 okay. Well, mm. You can still buy this on Amazon um, for, okay, to, to be fair, uh, to be fair, I, I, I think, I, I, and objectively speaking, this is a much better story than mm -hmm. Godzilla versus the Power Rangers. Like mm -hmm. Godzilla versus the Power Rangers has its own like charm and importance with the in and of itself. But in terms of like story and just keeping your attention outside of the nostalgic little bits. Like this is a, a much better written story. So really quickly before we move on, this is still available on Amazon. It's a little bit more expensive than what it was when I believe you bought it for me. Uh, you can buy it on Comixology and Kindle for twelve ninety nine, which I believe was the price for the paperback when it when you bought it. Um, uh, what's Amazon quoting right now? Amazon is quoting uh, for the hardcover. It's thirty five dollars for the paperback. It's twenty four. It's uh, twenty four dollars and nine cents. 
That is a little more expensive than what I spent from what I can remember. I think I got it for about tw- the paperback for about 20, I want to say. Yeah. So you can you can still buy this. You can still you can buy it used for like anywhere between 11 uh, anywhere between 7 to $11. Uh, I have actually seen this comic in local in local bookstores like Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, uh, in comic shops, so it's still- actually uh, the price has gone up. If that's the case, because the cover price I'm looking at right now on my copy is sixteen ninety nine. So yeah. Oh yeah, it was. This is like this has gone up since uh since 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 you got it for me. So yeah, I, I know it's gone up. I, yeah, I, was, I, I the hardback I know is more expensive because I think that was. Let me double check here. I think that's limited edition. It is. It is. It it says limited edition here. Right on the on the thing. It doesn't give me. It doesn't tell me what the hardback cover. Yeah, is. limited edition hardcover. It doesn't tell me what the hardcover looks like. It probably doesn't look any different than what's, um, what the what the soft cover looks like. Which it was fine. I didn't plan on buying it. Wow, these they put the limited edition hardcover out basically. Well, three months after after the series wrapped up, but they didn't put the paperback out for a year. Dang. November in 2018. That's crazy. That is crazy. Anyway, so these are so long story. So just to be more succinct here, this is still available. It's not hard to find. If you don't own this, I rec- I actually recommend you buy this comic and read it for yourselves. But we're going to talk about it here. Uh, so hopefully that's a good primer for you or to pique your interest. If right. you have, if you, but if you haven't read this comic and you don't want to be spoiled. I suggest you buy the comic and then come back to this episode because we will be talking spoilers. So for sure, just just FYI for sure. So we have two teams of heroes in this. Now keep in mind the Ranger team in here. This is the boom studios version Mm -hmm. of the original mighty Morphin team. That's not the ones from the show, which you can tell because this does use the boom studios character design. So the character, so in their civilian forms, because the Ranger suits are still uh, still look like they always have. Right. But the actual character designs, they're updated slightly. So, you know, they're still the characters, but the but they don't look like the actors necessarily. They're they're they look much younger. They always look much younger in the Boom Studios comics, which gets called attention to in this book by the Justice. A little bit, but yeah, but they are still teens. Yeah, but yeah, there's a joke about that. It's like, how old do you have to be to get your giant dinosaur robot license? I mean, (laughs) yeah, oh yeah, when they go, (laughs) thank you, Barry. (laughs) When they when they go to the uh, when they go to get the Hadron Collider, it's like, aren't you (laughs) twelve? Talking about Billy. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like a conversation we had with one of our reviewers this week, but, <laughs> but anyway, so we have the mighty Morphin team. So we have Jason, Zach, Billy, Trini, Kimberly, and Tommy. Uh-huh. And then in, in true fashion, because the core team of the justice league typically has about six, sometimes seven, but they're going with six this time, because this is, and this is something I should note for the comic book fans out there. This is the new 52 Justice League. I can what tell that, you that. Just what does that mean? I was going to tell can, you. New 52 can, okay. was a massive reboot that DC did in 2011. Okay. And it was called the new 52 because they relaunched all of their titles. There were 52 of them, hence the name. And the same month with new number ones. 
and it was a complete reboot of their universe. And it came after a big story that they did called Flashpoint, which I've let, read Flashpoint. And I've read some of the early New 52 stuff. Right. For at least, I would say, five or more years after they did that, the response from readers was extremely mixed. <laughs> some people were like, well, this title's fine. Other people are like, these are awful. And the rest, and some of them were just like, why is this even here? Why did you even do this? And DC has been trying to course, they tried to course correct, I think uh, with a different story a little bit later, but they haven't really committed to it. And they've continue to make other stupid decisions but that's mm. a discussion for another day mm. i can tell you that it is the new 52 version because when they relaunched justice league number one which was the first of those titles that they published mm -hmm. it had this team so yeah. i because uh, cyborg was not in the justice league until the new 52 he was a teen titan which right. was a diff which was a different team. And I can also tell you it's a new 52 team because I recognize the costumes. These are new 52 costumes for our Justice Leaguers. And we've got yeah. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, specifically Barry Allen. There's been a couple different flashes over the years. Mm. And we have Green Lantern besides this is everybody besides Cyborg. And it's John Stewart, not the guy who did the daily show this is a different john stewart he has an age mm. and i know that it's it john stewart because john stewart is a black man and you know so that's what we've had multiple green lanterns from earth in dc comics you know the most famous one being hell jordan but it's not hell jordan here and i think they did that because i do think hell jordan was in the new 52 yeah he was in the new 52 relaunch but john stewart was in the justice league animated series so i think that's why they went with him for this yeah now i will say that the fan reception to this at least from some of the reviews that i've seen online has been overwhelmingly positive most people uh most people have enjoyed this the only negative comment with the consensus being it's a fun, it's a fun crossover between two very nostalgic properties. Um, but I did find one, one star comment that just says, and I, and I'm, I'm bringing it up because I, I, I disagree with this, but it said, it just says, uh, the DC characters are nerfed, which in zoomer speak means, uh, made ineffective or weak. I don't believe personally that they, they've, they they've been made out to be weak. I just feel like that there was a, there was a lot more balance given to the Rangers and the justice league to get them, to kind of bring them both on an even playing field. Does that make That's, sense? Yeah. I, I, I would disagree with that because I do think that the DC characters are very well represented here. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, although I mean, come on, it's Superman, it, Superman, Superman's as powerful as the story needs him to be basically because exactly. super Superman's Superman is just kind of ridiculous at his, at his right. peak and yeah, whatever on that one. So I'm not worried about it. And that's funny because we have a listener shout out to Christopher Reiner who actually takes some umbrage with this comic because he thinks it's unfair that Batman should be able to take out Zach in the early parts of this comic. And I'm like, Zach was hurt. <laughs> Batman is a more experienced fighter. <laughs> and even, even Batman point, even Batman points out in the, in, in the front of the book, when they first meet each other, like 
Uh, yeah, let me you, say, wait. You, uh, uh, what was the and Batman? Batman has legitimately beaten superpowered characters before. He has. You know, he has. so there are plenty of reasons why it's okay for it to go this way. I'm sorry. Well, it's it's. I'm trying to look. Here. Give me, uh, give me just a second because I want to find it here. Uh, I want to find that comment from Batman. Uh, let me see here. Um. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's Batman says, I don't know what is, uh, Zach, Zach says, you're one of Zed's monsters. Uh, Zach, uh, Batman says, I don't know what a Zed or what a, what monster you think I am or what a Zed is or what monster you think I am, but you seem disoriented. The way you're carrying yourself suggests a number of, uh, injuries. You may have a concussion. So, uh, Batman recognizes that Zach is hurt. And, you know, that does give Batman, a. Uh, let's admit that, that, let's just admit it, that that does give Batman a little bit more of a tactical advantage. Yeah. Because it's Batman. Come on. It's He's mother truck and Batman. I'm no, I am by no means a bat bro, uh, but it's Batman. Well, Jack, <laughs> Jack's a bat bro. Our friend Jack is. Probably. <laughs> I'm just saying, but, uh, and then just to give everybody else a quick rundown, we've talked about all of these characters before on the power trip. So we're not gonna, except for the justice league, obviously, but we're not going to go, but uh, we're not going to go through all of them, but we do have alpha and Zordon in this. Mm -hmm. We do. And our villains are Lord. Wow. I put Zord Zed on here in the notes. Oh, well, but Lord, Zed. how dare you <laughs> disparage the good name of Lord Zed, sir. Just be glad I didn't call him Ed. Anyway, so Brainiac and then the Putty Patrollers are in this mm -hmm. as well. And, well, and it's funny. They have Putty Patrollers, but we also have Brainiac drones. So mm -hmm. I should have put that down as well. And we do have some non kind of nondescript monsters in this. Yeah, like we have Octopus. We have Octopi. Well, Oct is which Octopus looks like Which looks like... Brainiac's skull ship. Yes, he has a skull ship, people. <laughs> That's why, honestly, there's so much stuff in this that I'm like, this is so perfect for both of these so, franchises. Brainiac okay. flies around in a spaceship that looks like a skull. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, who did it better? Master Vile or Brainiac? Brainiac. <laughs> so, Nate, I do have a quick question. Out, you know, as someone who is not, like, deep into the DC lore, like outside of our core DC justice league team members that we've already talked about, like I've noticed, like I recognize say Aquaman, but who yes. are the other, but who the, are the, uh, the original blonde Aquaman, right? Arthur but who Curry. are the others? Who are the others on the, this one particular page that has Aquaman on it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We the top left panel that is green arrow and black canary. Okay. Ooh, okay. And then with Aquaman, the the woman behind him, the redhead, that is his wife, Mira. Okay. And then over on the top right corner, those are a pair of Teen Titans. That is Beast Boy and Starfire. Okay. And then in the middle panel there, that is Shazam! AKA Captain I, Okay, so Marvel. I take that back. I recognize Shazam and Aquaman, but that's it. Yeah, and then a couple pages over when they're showing the montage of different characters fighting against some of the skull squid monsters. I see Supergirl. That's Supergirl. 
mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, Sporting mm-hmm. her her red mini skirt. She's had a lot of different costumes over the years. And then if you look down at the bottom, that's Batgirl, Barbara mm-hmm. Gordon on her motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that you can't see him very well, but in the corner there, I thought that was Impulse. It's not Impulse. It's actually Kid Flash. That's Wally West. Okay. The new 52 Wally West. Okay. And then the 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 girl flying around, that's Hawk Girl. Okay. Shaira. And then I I can't remember her name offhand. That's a girl Green Lantern because the Green Lantern Corps has multiple members. I don't remember her name, unfortunately, but she's a she's she's a Hispanic girl. Okay. Okay. So, so I just I wish I could remember her name. Chris Cook is yelling at his <laughs> at yes, his phone know. right now because he would know he's a big fan of that character right and then uh trying to think there was a few other ones that i noticed flipping through trying to see oh uh if you go a few if you go a few pages over when you have all the green uh when you have green uh, green arrow and green lantern and the dragon zord mm. a few others you'll uh you'll see nightwing okay and let me see are there any others i think that's all of them the ranger wiki actually has the full list of everybody i think i did i get everybody i think so who's the yes one? i did yes who's, i did i got who, everybody who did you say was the one who was who was the who was the um who's the woman in the fishnet stockings jessica cruz that's who it was that's that was the green lantern that i couldn't whose name i couldn't remember jessica cruz okay Okay, but who's who's who did you say the girl was in the in the fishnet stockings? The the, the black canary. Okay, the um the platinum blonde. Yeah, yeah, black canary. Okay, interesting. Because I've never seen that character before. Depending on which era of the comics that you look at, she is in a relationship with Green Arrow. Interesting. Okay, they're tip. Yeah, they're typically in a relationship. Right. So, so I, I think reckon- I do think that's everybody. I recognized every I recognized everyone in this comic, you know, the the core people except for some of the more obscure people except for some of the more obscure uh DC characters outside of like Aquaman and Shazam. Right. And then you know how later on the Rangers get a bunch of equipment and armor Mm, yeah. From the Javelin I was going to I, I was going to ask you like what is the significance of that? Of yeah. Those- well, first off, the sword that Jason gets, he, uh, Batman actually calls that one. I said, oh, that belonged to Azrael. That's a Batman character who is, he's basically a slightly insane anti-hero and a kind of an uneasy ally for Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He actually, there was a storyline called Nightfall, Nightfall with a K, mm-hmm. where Bat, where Bruce had his back broken by Bane. This is when Bane showed up mm-hmm. and he needed someone to be Batman while he was recovering and he right. made Osriel Batman. And that was a mistake because <laughs> he's kind of, uh, he's kind of unhinged. Now I had to look up the atomic ax that actually belongs to a character named persuader. Who's been around since the sixties and then the, the punching glove arrow. <laughs> the punching glove that's something that green arrow had and it's it was something it was like a silly thing from back and i can't remember if it was the golden age or the silver age but it's become a bit of a joke amongst comic book fans I'm like yeah he had a punching glove arrow <laughs> but when you get down there when all the rangers are wearing new stuff i can identify most of those characters 
one of them i feel like i should know who it who he is like the one that zach has i'm like i recognize the character but i don't remember his name the same thing with trying to remember which one is that uh, the one who was in the night looking armor i think that's i think that's billy yeah i think that's billy i that recognize billy, yeah. yeah i recognize the armor but i don't remember the character's name tommy is wearing lex luthor's kryptonite suit jason is dressed up like red hood and trini is hot girl and kimberly is katana okay Okay. I was just Katana curious. was in the first Suicide Squad movie. Okay. That's where a lot of people might know her. Red Hood okay. is the second Robin resurrected as a villain slash anti-hero. Although the name originally belonged to a completely different character who may or may not have been the Joker. Mm. Like I said, it starts getting complicated. <laughs> Oh, there's like, there's baggage with these things. Sorry. Right. There's just a lot going on in this book. There's just a, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, right. When we, it's just when like, we, a, it's just like Brainiac. There's a lot I could tell you about Brainiac. Well, Although when, when we, when we first start, when we first open up this book, we get thrown into a scene where Angel Grove is gone and you yeah, don't it's know. In media res. Happened. When I first read it. And even when I read it again for this, I was like, wait, did we, did I miss something? Was there something before this? No, it's, it, it's a bit of a flashback. So, uh -huh. or a flash forward, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. because then it goes and then it catches you up to what's happening. So it's just a shocking way to start things off. Yeah. Because it goes, it goes from that to 36 hours prior or 36 mm -hmm. hours before. Mm -hmm. The other, the thing that's kind of interesting is this actually establishes how big Angel Grove is. Mm -hmm. Population 376,000. I actually looked that up, and that means, at least in the Boom Studios universe, it's about the size of Cleveland. This okay. is, yeah, this is not Los Angeles. Los Angeles has a population in the millions. Right. So, and then you think that Angel Grove is destroyed, and then you find out later, oh, no, 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 no. That's Brainiac doing his classic shtick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's that goes all the way back to when he first showed up in the fifties. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit here about the story. So mm -hmm. like we just, like we just mentioned, like the story starts with, uh, angel Grove is gone. You don't know what's happened to it. And Zach essentially blame, essentially Zach is blaming himself for what happened, but we don't know exactly what happened. All we know is he had a fight with his parents. And uh, when we get a flash forward 36 hours later, he's late. No, we, 36, hours 30, 36 hours before. Sorry. He is shown teleporting to the command center because he's had a fight with his parents and he's late. But here's the thing. Alpha five. It turns out alpha five is missing. So the Rangers have to go look for him. But Zach is the one that finds what he thinks is uh, alpha five, which turns out to be a fake and a, and a, and a, and a bomb planted by Lord Zed to invade the command. Center. Right. So we basically get two episodes of mighty Morphin kind of combined here. Cause we a get little. Zed invading the command center, mm -hmm. like in which season three was yeah, season, in season three. I'm just trying to remember season three was, coming was, of the Zords, uh, changing coming of the Zords. No, coming of the changing of the Zords, changing of the Zords. So we, uh, from that and the 
final it was the end of alien rangers that's what it was the end of alien rangers when rito and goldar plant are trying to plant a bomb under the command center right so that's what i that's how i looked at it <laughs> right it is it, clever you know an, an alpha bomb <laughs> it is it is and it ramps up the drama pretty well because it, it ramps up the drama pretty well because it does subvert your expectations a little bit uh, because when Zach finally, you know, gets alpha five back to the command center, um, you know, it looks like alpha. It sounds like alpha with the I, 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 <laughs> and then, um, Zach says, uh, I'm no robot expert, but, uh, he's never melted before. And all these, all these bits should be on the other side. And then, uh -huh. Zord and then Z that's when Zordon realizes, oh crap, it's a bomb. Yep. So. Yep. If it looks like an alpha and it talks like an alpha, but it doesn't but, behave like an alpha. But here's because alphas don't explode. So, so <laughs> alpha. The reason why alpha has been kidnapped is because alpha was out doing some reconnaissance, and I'm assuming I'm assuming Zed was just waiting there, waiting for the opportunity, and he kidnapped alpha. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how brainiac got alpha five unless probably from zed because uh, at that point they had joined forces because at that point they had come back to angel that's right because so it would have made sense for zed to have had alpha kept somewhere so when they came back to angel grove zed would have brought alpha onto uh brainiac's ship that's right mm -hmm. okay so that actually does make sense um, but apparently the, the whole premise, the, the whole reason why we're back in the DC universe is because of the explosion damaging the teleportation, uh, system within the command center. And that opens up a wormhole essentially to another dimension. Mm -hmm. Trust me, this is kind of par for the course. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, 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 it's a premise that I'm willing to, it's a premise that I'm willing to, to wrap my mind around because it's not the most obscure thing we've ever seen. Right. It's it's as legitimate a way to dimension hop as any. Trust me. Not obscure. Absurd. Absurd is yeah. the word I wanted to use. There. It's right. not the most absurd thing we I've ever seen. Right. Right. Yeah. And then in and then in true Stan Lee fashion, because <laughs> this was one of meet. Stan Lee's trademarks, when the heroes meet each other, they must fight. When they, they first meet, they must fight. So that's what we get. Zach tries to pick a fight with Batman, which goes about as well as you would expect. The rest of the team comes through, and they think that everybody in the Justice League is working for Zed. And then the, the rest of the Justice League shows up, and then you know, shenanigans ensue. It's actually really funny. I, I I love the reactions that they all have to each other. Like they say, cause the Rangers summon the Zords and the Zords come through, which just really ramps thing up things up. And like, you have these just patently absurd images of like the pterodactyl Zord picking up the Batmobile. Like it's a little worm and then flying away. <laughs> and then Kimberly's calling up the rest of the Rangers. Like, Hey, there's somebody flying after me. In what? Um, he's just flying. <laughs> it's super. Bad. Well, it's you know, bat. You have you have Batman here getting his butt kicked by the Rangers, and then he gets and then he calls for backup. Well, he's, the first backup to to come is Barry, 
uh, the Flash. The Flash. And so the Rangers have their... He their, disarms them. And like, he disarms... Yeah, it's funny because he, 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 they have their ready... They have their weapons ready and then you just see the, the red streak of lightning uh, come by and then they don't have their weapons anymore. He just basically disarms them all, which I thought was a funny... Uh, kind of a funny thing. And, but these, these, these first few pages, like there's a lot going on in these first few pages. Yeah, there is. I just, I love some of these lines that I'm just like, guys, this is the DC universe. This is not the weirdest stuff that you've dealt with. You know, like Barry is calling up cyborg in the watchtower, which is their orbital, their orbital base Man of operations. Center. Yeah. And he, he says, we, he says, he says, we have a hostile gr uh, group of enhanced beings in Gotham. And um, I'm not quite sure how to say this. Batman's been taken by a flying pink dinosaur robot. <laughs> I'm like, this is not the weirdest thing, guys. <laughs> and then she says, someone flying, flying in what? Um, just flying in the air. And then Superman, because he's Superman, he just knocks on a on the on he's the sword like, and says, "Miss, I'm going to have to ask you to land your pterodactyl." <laughs> that should be the title of our episode. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to land your pterodactyl. <laughs> there's a lot of good uh, like good lines to use there's for a lot of titles. like really there's a lot of really good dialogue i'm looking at the page here uh now between when it when when uh barry the flash is talking to the, to to green lantern and it says from what i can from from what i can from what i overheard i don't think they're from here they have no idea where they are they attack and then lantern says they attacked batman uh, if I didn't know if, and then Barry says, if I didn't know who Batman was, I'd probably attack him too. And then, uh, <laughs> Green Lantern says, good point. So, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like, just really cheeky dialogue in this. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. And is, and things just keep ramping up. And then finally Superman and Kimberly just show up. It's like, Hey guys, stop it. <laughs> you know, one of the cool, what, but one of the coolest moments in this book was when, uh, when Jason is in the Tyrannosaurus, uh, dinosaur and the flash just runs straight into the dinosaur, uh, runs straight right. into the T-Rex and tackles Jason out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a that's a fun looking panel. Yeah, it is. And that's this is something I do want to point out that I do appreciate about this. Mm -hmm. This comic does not tell you stuff about the characters. It shows you. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we get to have the just purely nergasmic battle at the beginning here in true comic Stanley comic book fashion. But it also showcases what all of these characters can do. So if you go into this only familiar with one set of uh, one set of heroes and not the other, you're able to see, oh, that's what these characters can do. Oh, these kids have weapons and can summon robot dinosaurs. Oh, the Flash can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, we don't get all the details spelled out for us with like little dossiers in mm -hmm. text boxes or something. Because like, I've read comics that did that, yeah. that just yeah. feel the need to just spell everything out for you like, or you could just do what they do and just show us doing that. But yeah, one of the things the flash can do is he can vibrate his molecules so much that he can actually phase through solid objects. Mm -hmm. That's why he's able to run through the wall, tackle the red ranger, attack, tackle Jason, and then 
if he touches somebody, he can do the same thing to them. He can make them phase through solid objects by making contact with them. So, but it shows you this. Jason, stop. St- Jason, stop fighting. These aren't the bad guys. Kimberly, if you, what if you're wrong? I'm not. Trust me. I just had a pretty intense conversation. And then the panel is Kimberly tied up by Wonder Woman's lasso. And her um, lasso of truth. I wish her, they had actually explained that a little bit. A little because bit. Because you yeah. could read that as Wonder Woman intimidated her enough to cooperate. But no, it's the lasso. That's that's anyone how, in her lasso tells the truth. That's how I read it, though. I read that Kim was intimidated enough that she just called Jason. Like no. that's how I read it. No, it's the anyone caught in her and Wonder Woman's lasso tells the truth. So I that's a moment where I like, okay, you could have spelled that out a little bit. So so I have to ask you, since we are talking about a crossover here, and there's and sometimes when there's crossovers, you know, things get muddy and lore gets muddy and all that stuff. Some sometimes not all the time, but sometimes. So from my perspective, I think that this comic honors the the Power Rangers legacy and the power rangers characters pretty darn well because these 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 are the boom characters like the boom has done such a a fantastic job up to this point of when this book was produced with the power rangers franchise and they've really honored the legacy of those characters how do you think that this book does with dc characters no like having having as much knowledge as you do about the justice league they treat the dc characters very well here I will say that the Rangers, I do think the Rangers get a little bit more of a personal touch in this with mm-hmm. the stuff with Zach's parents. Cause there's mm-hmm. a really, there's a, there's a really emotional scene where he tries to talk to his parents right before they get shrunk into the bottle city, mm-hmm. you know, and he's talking about fighting with his parents, the stakes are for the Rangers. It's their mm-hmm. city that's being threatened by Brainiac. Yeah, we have the montage at the beginning where Brainiac and Zed do attack several cities across the world in the DC universe, but it's ultimately about saving Angel Grove. Right. So that is the main focus of this. But I will say the DC characters get, I would argue, most of the epic moments in this, even if they don't get the personal moments as much as the Rangers do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're the, the ones who are doing though. ridiculous things like moving a, a, a super collider, a Hadron super collider to where they need it to be so they could use it. Well, that's know? that's the bad. I think that's the balance, though, because we're dealing with Power Rangers who are essentially human. Like we're essentially with hum- they're humans with special abilities when they transform, you know, and then you have these essentially supernatural beings, these demigods in, in the justice league, except Batman, except Batman, except Batman, um, able to do these fantastic things like move a 17 mile wide Hadron collider. Um, you know, so it would make uh, it would actually make a lot of sense for them to have a lot more of those epic moments because those characters kind of just lend themselves to that. Oh, they do. They do. Right. And then there are some little nods to certain things like Superman tells. I think he tells Zach, like, trust me, I know I lost my I lost my home, too. Yes. See, yes. You know, that's so what I was gonna, Yes. Okay. That, and you know, the fact that Batman knows how to reboot cyborg and they're not necessarily happy with that. That is a bit of an homage to, I haven't read it yet, but I'm really familiar with it. 
That is a reference to a storyline in Justice League called Tower of Babel, where you find out that Batman has basically files on every member of the Justice League and has figured out how to take all of them out in case any of them go rogue for whatever reason, whether it's mind control or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And the Justice League doesn't necessarily appreciate that <laughs> because the the in that particular story, someone broke into Batman's files and stole them all mm -hmm. and was trying to assassinate all of the leaguers. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair. I think what you said earlier, it's fair that to say that the justice league gets all like the big dramatic moments until the, the end, until, until the, the end, then we start the getting to, then, then the ranger characters start getting some crazy moments. Right. But. So it's, it's just, I feel like it's, it's justice league through like the first, I don't know, two thirds of the book, but then it becomes pure, pure power rangers at the end. But what I'm, what I'm uh, leading into is we talked about the Rangers get more of those human personal moments, but I think the only one allowed to have that within the justice league, like you've already said was Superman because he identifies with what, with how Zach is feeling. Well, and well, it's something else. The wonder woman is well, pardon the pun wonderfully written in this when she, because she goes into the government officials and is a diplomat. The that is the that NATO. is very Diana. That is the, exactly what she would do. When Wonder Woman is written properly, she will do stuff like that. Her first recourse is when properly written is almost never violence. She will talk things out first mm -hmm. if she can. She's now you start a fight with Wonder Woman, it's not going to go well for you. But no, she's in, she's in <laughs> like no no Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is portrayed as in. Wonder Woman is in, is portrayed as incredibly diplomatic in this book. Mm -hmm. Which is what she should be. Because she's the one who has to go in there and advocate for the Rangers so that all the people in the government will actually listen to them and not, I think, what were they trying to do? I'm trying to remember. But they were going to act, uh, they were going to enact their own plan and they had to go in there and tell them, no, let us handle it, basically. Mm. Yeah, basically. The government was going to intervene. The government was going to intervene. They're like, no, 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 let us handle it. Right. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying so, to I, I, uh yeah oh it's nato it was nato was going to do something nato yeah yeah nato so was going to do something let's let's talk about let's talk about some of the let's talk about some of the bigger moments in this book and when i say big moments i mean there's no bigger than gigantic alpha five. I was going to say big moments. <laughs> yeah. Big that moments. was, I, I, I had forgotten about that. And then when I got like, I you want to talk about somebody who really gets to shine in this, it's freaking alpha. It's alpha. Like alpha finally gets a proper, I mean, he's got, I'm sure he's gotten that in other comics too, but he, he gets a proper like character. He gets proper killer character development in this. And it's fantastic. Yeah. He gets to give a wonderful speech and then mm. he gets one of the Zed bombs and just uses it on himself and then proceeds to beat up a Kaiju. And I'm just like, I didn't know he could do this. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 seriously. Like my favorite, uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, it's those two, it, it's three panels. It's, I can't tell what page this is on, but it's three panels. It, and he grows ginormous and um uh alpha says i'm uh, i choose to i choose to fight for something for something larger than myself i 
Yay! Yay! <laughs> That's my best album like, impression. This is one of those moments where I'm just like, I wasn't expecting that, but it makes total sense. <laughs> this is this right here. I feel like is some of some of the best things that Boom Studios does. They look at all the stuff that is available to them in Power Rangers, and they're like, "What's a weird combination that no one's tried yet?" <laughs> It's, one of them is giant alpha. I, I just I didn't know he could fight. When did he when did he get some combat training? I'm just saying. <laughs> Take this for Alpha's magical Christmas. <laughs> oh, uh, Alpha's Alpha said uh, Alpha says Power Rangers, I could have crushed you. I could have crushed those people or you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it's okay, Alpha. Uh, this it's your first time punching a Leviathan. We've all been there. And it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just that's just, that's when you know that they're just having fun with this. I mean, oh yeah, the, the, this is this just is having pure, so much fun. With this, this is pure fun. This is this is pure pure fun. And I love the fact that Alpha gets like so much character growth in this, and he has such a, I, I, I don't know how to explain this, but I like it when, when you can have when when a when a comic or when a TV show or a movie like shows our villains interacting in a almost likable kind of way. But then um, like in a very like Brainiac is very like pragmatic and reasonable. Uh, so maybe that's not, maybe this is not the right uh, analogy that I'm, I'm drawing, but so I'll, I'll skip that. I'll, I'll skip forward and, and just say that uh, I love the speech. I love the conversation between Brainiac and alpha. Oh Yeah. I wrote down one of the lines from that speech, but really the whole speech is gold. So there's a little conversation here between Brainiac and mm -hmm. Alpha 5, and he says, Alpha 5, I am glad Lord Zed gave you to me before destroying you. I will enjoy studying you. I've not had the chance to interact with another binary creature who has achieved sentience. What are you doing? Preparing. I am curious. You have achieved so much. Why would you choose to work with the Earthlings? Because I want to, I guess. They're good people, doing good things. That thinking seems flawed. Simple. There's nothing wrong with being able to feel empathy, Brainiac. Only machines can't feel. You said you destroy planets and put cities in bottles? I consume their knowledge. It becomes mine alone. I learn. And then what? Because all of that sounds selfish, and thinking only of yourself isn't sentience. And then we cut after that to uh, some big splash pages here of our heroes yeah. fighting the villains. And this is, and I'm assuming this is kind of like voiceover. Like, yes, like in my, my in, in my head, I'm hearing Alpha. I'm hearing Alpha's voice over some of this action. That's that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, it says. Um, and knowing you're not alone, standing with others, having others who stand with you, thinking of something beyond yourself. It's Yeah, it just keeps going on this montage of scenes with all the heroes doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And and uh, Alpha's dialogue is, is uh, you've got uh, Superman talking to Billy and Trini and 
and Cyborg, and the and there's just a lot going on in this panel. Um, Not panel; it's multiple panels and pages. Yeah, there's there's multiple panels and things going. On. Basically, this is a conversation uh, where Superman says he'll be the distraction, or he'll go in and fi- and get the power coins. Um, Alpha Five continues. Um, you only gain a snapshot. You lose everything they could have been. If you bottle lives, you're denying them a future. Which is a really good line, by the way. If you destroy their world, you won't gain their knowledge. You only gain a snapshot. You lose everything they could have been. You miss out on everything they're yet to learn. You halt their progress. The human race has so much potential. And then it cuts to another panel of uh, Brainiac getting stabbed. Brainiac getting (laughs) stabbed. Uh, And and Alpha 5 concludes with, and they have many surprises to come. (laughs) Like a sword in your back. So I hope I hope the listeners of Attitude enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, that was spontaneous, by the way. I yeah, that, that reading of those panels. So I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> but I think oh, Carl, if you ever want to adapt this comic, <laughs> call us. But I, but, I th- <laughs> but I think my favorite line of this whole thing, and I'm I'm gonna read, I'm just gonna read this straight. Um to destroy an entire planet and its people, Brainiac, it's to destroy is to destroy all the knowledge they're yet to discover. And for a 12th level intelligence, that seems pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that could be the episode title. For a 12th level intelligence, that seems pretty stupid. <laughs> 12th level stu- the name of the episode is now I will decree it 12th level stupidity. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Miss, I'm going to have to ask you to land your pterodactyl. It's still pretty. That's a pretty long title though. <laughs> I got to think, I got to think about the YouTube because this gets published to YouTube and YouTube limits you on how long your titles can be. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. We'll think of something anyway. So alpha. So the, the big, the main point that we're trying to drive home here is that alpha five, who is this little robot who gets, who gets some good development within the show. And we've seen alpha five develop within the comics. He gets some big moments and I really appreciate <laughs> what, and I really appreciate what <laughs> I didn't know that either. Like I just really appreciate how alpha five is written in this comic. Yeah, and then at the end, I mean, do we want to talk about? I mean, we've got other things to talk about, I guess. But since we're on the subject of Alpha, yeah, let's just we talk about kind of get evil Alpha at the end. Yeah, it's a uh, 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 shoot. What is it? Uh, we have a bit of a cliffhanger because because the thing you got to know. I should. I need to mention this for those of you who don't know who Brainiac is. Brainiac is an alien artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and his shtick. Well, that's how he is now. I think he was originally an alien. Then he was, then in other incarnations, he was an artificial intelligence. And now in the newer comics in the last probably 20, 30 years, they've melded the two because that's what DC do. Right. And his shtick has been, he collects knowledge on a planet. Like he just learns all of their knowledge and then he destroys the planet to make the knowledge more valuable. Mm Mm-hmm. And in some cases, he will select a city on that planet and he will miniaturize it into a bottle Mm -hmm. and then he will keep it in a collection, Mm -hmm. which is what we see in here. And he most famously in DC Comics did that to a Kryptonian city called Kandor, which has been a key component of Superman lore 
for decades. His thing is that he can infiltrate mechanical and computerized systems. He does it to mm -hmm. Cyborg at one point, which yeah, was, twice. requires the reboot. Yeah, twice. Although the second time was so they could take advantage of it and spread a virus through him, uh, through his system. Clever. He took over the Zords, which that's horrifying. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> and I love how they have the little... Uh, the little three uh, uh, triangle dots mm -hmm. on uh, on all of them at points. I especially love it when they did it to the dragon sword because they actually used the the, the the little lights on his chest, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they turned green. That was great. And I, so we find out at the end he's gotten into Alpha, and we have this very foreboding final panel. Yeah, it's uh, Jason. By Justice League, and it just cuts to Alpha. I, 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 I am Brainiac. Yeah, and then you see the the triangle dots on his on his visor, mm -hmm. and then that's how it ends. And I'm like, no. that's how it ends. It ends like it ends very. It's like a, it reminded me a lot of like Vengex at the end of our a little bit actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. So so okay, so, so we could potentially get evil Alpha, and as we all know, evil Alpha is the best villain in Power Rangers. <laughs> so one more thing I want to talk about really quickly uh, before we move on to our villains, because I do want to spend some time on those on our villains like this one pan I'm looking at this panel here like the whole the battle is done they have restored Angel Grove back to its original um original um state and enters Bulk and Skull uh Bulk and Skull <laughs> as you would expect is very intimidated intimidated by Bruce Wayne um and what was really funny about that interaction it's on the second panel uh, Bruce Wayne orders a strawberry milkshake. Zach points out that he's smiling. Uh, Barry says, yeah, he does pretty, he does a pretty good human impression when he's, when he's not in the bat suit. Um, and then Bruce Wayne offers to pay. But the most interesting part of this panel, at least I thought is Zach tells Bruce that he can't pay because that's never been one of their presidents. And I'm assuming this is Lex Luthor. That is Lex Luthor. That mm -hmm. made the DC fan in me smile when I mm -hmm. saw that. Mm -hmm. That did happen. Lex Luthor became president. And some would think that, uh, well, and some would tell you that DC Comics predicted the future. <laughs> but 20 years ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Except... And that, uh, well, no, actually, Lex Luthor, when he first appeared, had red hair. <laughs> oh, boy. We're not going there. Yeah, we're um, not going there. I'm just we're, saying. We're, we're, uh, we're not going there. So, I'm just saying. But that was, uh, but yeah, that's a fascinating turn. of. That's a fascinating chapter in the history of DC Comics. It was sickeningly brilliant on Luthor's part. <laughs> so let's talk about our villains. Um, let, I want to ask of you, Lex Luthor, speaking uh, of Lex Luthor, let's talk about our villains. How do you, as a DC fan, think that Brainiac, how well do you think Brainiac was handled in this? Comic? Oh, th this is classic Brainiac. Mm -hmm. This is such classic Brainiac. I, a lot of times what I notice with stuff like this, if they're doing kind of like these one-off non-canonical crossovers or some sort of an adaptation or something like that, they will boil down these 
a lot of times very long running characters down to their essences. So this is just, this is classic Brainiac. Yeah, it's the new 52 version of Brainiac that, or I should say the more modern version of Brainiac where they combine the alien and the artificial intelligence because that's his new origin. He was an alien scientist who merged with an, an artificial intelligence that he created mm. as opposed to being one or the other. And he's going around doing what he uh, doing what he's <laughs> what he classically does. He collects cities and knowledge, and then destroys the planet to make his collection more valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, Zed is in this. Mm-hmm. Lord Zed is the Power Rangers villain that's represented in this, and mm-hmm. this is classic Lord Zed. Like Lord Zed has some has some nice lines. There's a line at the beginning where Zack is uh, concussed. <laughs> Uh, let me find it here. Uh, uh, have the basic sense to lie down and writhe in pain. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. I think, I think it's, I think there's, there more to it? It's like, um, uh, there's a little bit more to it, but that's the, that's the punchline right there. And then he uh, reminds this- him that we don't have time for glitter. <laughs> right. Now I think that happens. I think that happens at the end of the book when I think it's, <laughs> And I don't think it's Zed that says that. I think it's I think it's actually Jason who says we don't have time for glitter as he's punching Zed in the face with the Megazord because Zed makes himself grow to gigantic size and fights the Megazord, which did happen in the show once. Which did happen in the show once. You're correct, but he but did think, not fight the Megazord. We got Zed versus Megazord in this, <laughs> right? So, but I think the most sinister thing that this version of Zed that this Zed did was. They find Angel Grove and they restore Angel Grove, but they that they're also looking for the command center. The Rangers realize that the command center is nowhere to be found in that uh, glass container. Turns out, though, Zed has the command center in a separate container strapped around his neck. He's wearing and the command center wearing, as a necklace. Yes. And there is a Zed, you fiend. You fiend. (laughs) Oh, man. Let me find. Let me find it here. Let me find it. Uh, Jason looks at the container with Angel with with Angel Grove in it. And um, he real and Jason's the one that realizes, oh, the command center isn't here. Zordon isn't here then. And then Barry says, then where is he? And we and we find out that he's in a separate that the command center is in a separate glass container. a separate and bottle. A separate bottle. And Zed is, and this is Zed talking to Zordon. Are you watching Zordon? Can you see? Uh, can you, uh, can you see from your tiny prison? Can you see your world? Because Brainiac and I are going to break it now using the tools you provided. <laughs> so this is a really sinister, sadistic way of just rubbing it in Zordon's face. Oh, yeah. Like this is great. Like this is great. You know, yeah. As as someone who appreciates good villainry, this is fantastic. Um. So then you get the images of Zed growing big and and all the things, and you get like Zed versus the Megazord. Yeah. Which, how do you feel about how they beat him? Uh. You know. I I mean I have seen worse plot conveniences but this does feel a little trumped a little um a little because it's um 
Uh, oh God, what is it? Uh, what's they the, just what's say? The... Oh, you're not used to being huge and having arms the size of buildings, are you? Yeah. Yes. Like so, it's basically implying that Zed can't move very fast because he's not used to being large, which I feel like is a. But then, well, how the heck can Alpha do it? I just <laughs> right. I know it. It just feels really plot conveniency. So, um. And the and then I'm assuming this is Jason talking. Here's the thing about being a giant Zed. There's nowhere to hide. And basically they take Zed's head and pound it and do a knee strike on mm-hmm. Zed. Um, and it, you see the Megazord preparing to use the power sword. And then Zed hits the ground with his staff, uh, knocking the Megazord back. But at the same time, uh, growing to uh, human size, uh, shrinking, then, yeah, shrinking to human size. And then here's the part that was like <laughs> a little bit like, oh, <laughs> like it's kind of like one of those doink moments. <laughs> and, and, I it's, don't... and it's Kim. She's not even using her bow. <laughs> That's green arrows bow right there. And I, I just don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. So basically Kim takes, the takes the uh, the the boxing glove arrow and hits Zed in the face with it, and then she says, "Okay, that was pretty much the most satisfying thing ever." And all we see is Zed laying on the ground. I'm assuming uh, preparing to be uh, captured. So, if by preparing to be captured you mean lying on the ground unconscious, basically, basically. So I don't know. That's. It made me laugh. <laughs> they okay. So I to be to be fair, it did make me laugh as well. They had me. They had me up until that point. I almost would have rather them just write that he got that he that he shrunk and got away. Ah, but it pays off the punching glove arrow. I mean, she, it does. It does. But it's like ah, that's like it. it it's it, come on. It's Chekhov's punching glove arrow. Ah, yes, I just coined that phrase. I know, <laughs> but it it inject it injects like a little level of silliness that this comic really hasn't tapped into a whole lot. And have you just, been reading this comic? This comic is pretty absurd. It come is on. absurd, but this is not like like I said, this giant is kind of, alpha. It's a it's a it's one of those like doink moments <laughs> like. The emperor, uh, the emperor of evil, is defeated by a boxing glove arrow. Come on, I don't know. I, I, I have a, I have a slight problem with that, but you know, I'm willing to go along with it because, like you said, and you're right, um, this comic is absurd. Just have some fun, okay? It's All right, funny. fine. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying not to be a curmudgeon, a curmudgeon like our friend. Uh, Too Hawaii. late. So Nathan, um, overall, I really like this comic, and we do have some a little bit of thematics to talk about. But overall, I really like this comic. I think I, right. I've enjoyed what I've read. Right. Oh, we should point out that during the series of kaiju attacks on, on around the world to split up all of our teams, who, by the way, they pair up with some very, uh, I think, like some perfect partnering there. Mm-hmm. You know, Superman and Jason and Billy and Cyborg, Tommy and Green Lantern, Zack and Batman, you know, all of that. That was great. Of course, one of the cities that gets hit by a kaiju is Tokyo. Tokyo. Because why wouldn't it be? Why not? <laughs> because only because kaiju only show up in Japan, as we all know now. 
Yes, according to Shin Ultraman. But right. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's been a surprising amount of Shin Ultraman love in our Facebook group, which made me happy. <laughs> made me happy too. Anyway, so let's discuss. Um, so for these range for these Ranger comics, we are gonna we do try to do some thematics. Uh, so Nathan, we came up with the theme of unity mm-hmm. for this. You th- kind of thought regret for that's a little what bit, it was, but that, it doesn't really. It, was, it doesn't go the whole way through. Like I thought it was going to be regret, mainly just based on like the story being so focused on Zach and him, you know, basically being the one that got caught up in this time warp first after being after being late and after uh you know having the fight with his parents and it's he's like really focused on oh i never got to see my parents again yada 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 and there's that nice little interaction between him and superman like i thought maybe it was regret but yeah overall i agree with you it's unity Mm -hmm. because this is two teams of very different heroes coming together because two of their villains are joining forces. So there's even unity on the villains front too. There's never a point where either one of our villains are actually plotting against the other. Right. This alliance seems pretty firm, even though the villains are very different too. Brainiac is much colder and more calculating and more pragmatic. Zed is over the top, but they agree on one on the same thing. It's like, Oh, we want to destroy the earth because mm. Brainiac wants to do it to collect knowledge. Zed wants to do it. Well, evil for because, evil's sake, because of yeah. evil, because of evil and ego. Yeah, basically. And you'll notice, and I mean, I was cracking jokes about it a little bit, you know, this Stan Lee trope of the heroes have to fight each other. Initially it's because it's fun. You know, it's nerdtastic fun. But it's also because, obviously, these characters are not going to really understand each other. And even then, they're surprised by each other. The Justice League is like, I can't believe they're this young. Because mm-hmm. when they lose their morphers, they're like, oh, my gosh, you're kids. They're children, yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're teenagers. I, wow. You know, which I'm a little surprised that they would react that way because, well, the Teen Titans and, you know, they've had teenage sidekicks, a lot of them. Wonder mm-hmm. Woman has, Batman has. If you want to count Supergirl, <laughs> you know, Superman has. But, you know, she just, when she, she wasn't really a sidekick, just, just that when she showed up, she was a teenage girl. Right. You know, right. but they're cousins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, oh, and Flash has had teenage sidekicks, you know, and most of these teenage sidekicks went off and became the Teen Titans. So mm-hmm. you would think they would, you know, that this would not be all that surprising for them. But, you know, I understand. So, you know, they, these very different characters fight with each other at first. And then when they realize that they're on the same side, then they they stop fighting. And then it's all about making sure that they can win the day. And they have to not only combine their powers, but you know, combine other things, you know, since most of them are all, well, several of them, I should say, are really smart. So then you have the bit where they're trying to figure out how to use the super collider to open another interdimensional portal. Mm-hmm. And it's all of them basically putting their heads together and in some form or another, you know, mm-hmm. what was it like? It was Diana and Billy and uh, Barry. And there's like, there's a whole speech about like, yeah, this is how it's going to work. Because such and such. Oh, and the only reason they get in is because 
Superman basically calls it a favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Flash is a scientist. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is Superman talking. He says, Flash is a scientist and the absolute authority at things moving at these speeds. Green Lantern is an architect with a power ring. He can construct anything. Billy here, he's one of the greatest scientific minds of another world. But he's Anyth 12. <laughs> anything you can think of cyborg can instantly calculate and test he's a living supercomputer wonder woman has the wisdom of athena batman is well batman is batman <laughs> that made me snicker and then you know they have superman you know carry the thing because he's superman <laughs> And uh, the the only and the only reason they're able to get an anchor to go to the other world is guess what? <laughs> it's that the almighty dragon dagger. <laughs> so they it really takes all of them as a team to pull this off. Mm. You know, yeah. and it can be hard to put two teams together like that especially you, after a huge misunderstanding what well, do you think that do you think these do you think these teams complement each other oh, like i think the, they do do they think you think they complement each other i think well? they do yeah okay. yeah because the rangers are just in awe of them they're like man you could do things we could never even think about doing right <laughs> but but then again the the league is impressed with them too because they're like look at what they're doing i think <laughs> these kids I think a sub, I think a, a sub theme for this too is trust. Mm -hmm. I think, I think trust, I don't know if we've talked about trust on not, the pod not as an, as a full fledged theme, but yeah, right. I think, tr trust. I think trust is also like a sub theme. Like it's a, it's a subcategory of unity because the, the Rangers have to learn to trust. Well, first they have to learn to trust the justice league and the justice league has to learn to trust them and I think, I think honestly, it's especially it true for Batman. It's it's especially true for Batman, but Batman's a, a cynic anyway. Uh, so and, that's, a, and sometimes a little paranoid, but right. Yeah. 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 So I, I, but I do think it does take in from what I read, it did take longer for the justice league to trust our Rangers than it did for our Rangers to trust the justice league. I think that's because the Rangers are, teenagers i think they're a little more idealistic willing, yeah a little more idealistic a little more willing to go along with that the, mm -hmm. the justice league is a bunch of adults mm. <laughs> they've been hardened by the world a little bit <laughs> yeah and then of course like you have these two villains too you you have uh you have zed who is an who is an egomaniac in and of itself and then you have brainiac who is also who also acknowledge who is incredibly intelligent uh 12th level it, 12th level until yeah 12th level in fact um but is incredibly powerful as well you these two villains have to trust each other and they seem to trust each other because like you pointed out there's no backbiting there's no when we there's no zed saying when we get back to angel grove and i get what i want i'm going to destroy brainiac and there's no vice versa there's no there's no brainiac undermining zed there's no zed undermining brainiac like there's still that unity and there's that trust there because it's which is so weird. To it's it's to trust. Well, it's it's trust born out of a a mutual like a mutual goal, and I think right. that's some. And a lot of times, 
and that's true not just with superhero that's not not that's true not just with superhero stuff but with just everyday life like people you know coworkers with that are fo- that are all focused on the same goal and people just in in general that are focused on the same goal and the folk and focused on the same outcome and they're on the same and they're on the same trajectory with one another there is that certain level of trust that you have to have in one another to get to accomplish your goal. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, like I said, I think there it's fun to actually watch how that all plays out. Mm-hmm. You know, going from conflict to allies to I would say by the end of it friends. Friends. Yeah, because um heroes. I would I, I honestly I think I think it was it was a it was an act of I would say friendship, I think. Billy making a communicator that the Justice League could have uh mm-hmm. in case they ever run into trouble and more sequel you know, baiting. More sequel baiting and you know uh Superman extends the same offer to our Rangers. Mhm. Mhm. And I mean call me weird but I'm going to just come out and say this honestly without without these justice league characters especially superman batman and wonder woman the rangers wouldn't be here <laughs> they are the original superheroes mm-hmm. comic books are a uniquely american invention mm-hmm. you know just like rock and roll <laughs> well know, i mean and country music jazz. yeah but then how do you account for i'm going to play devil's advocate here how do you account from from manga like when that, manga- that came that uh, uh, the medium was started in the United States as we understand it, okay. and it just found its way over to Japan. Okay, probably because of the occupation. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me because manga didn't really become a thing until after the war. I hope you guys enjoyed our Zhu Ranger discussion uh, <laughs> on on the Amer- on the Westernization of Japan because that almost kind of plays into what we were talking about in that yep. episode. Yep. Yeah, because the you know, the God, you know, not the Godfather, but the grandfather of manga, the father of manga, if you want to call it that, he's a grandfather at this point, is a guy named Tezuka, Osamu mm-hmm. Tezuka, who mm-hmm. created Astro Boy. And that mm-hmm. was, I think, the late 40s, early 50s, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. Okay. You know, but Americans were publishing superhero comic books, really just comic books about everything in the uh, starting in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and they were very popular. Comic books were very popular with U.S. troops during the war. So mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me if that's how they got over there. So, you know, superheroes can trace their origins back to, you know, to Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I would say that's the big three. There were a few, quote-unquote, superhero characters who existed before that, mm-hmm. you know, as we understand them. But, you know, it was these characters that really solidified them. Right. So it just seems I was thinking about this earlier today before we uh, needed to sit down and record. And it just seems kind of funny. We like we've 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 seen these crossovers. We'll talk about um, I think we've got a, maybe a couple more one or one or two more crossovers like this uh, <laughs> slated for the podcast. Um, there are several we're considering, including the, one from a very generous yes. <laughs> listener. Oh, yes. my. So, so I want to go ahead and mention, I want to go ahead and mention them on the show now. So we did have a very generous listener with attitude donate to us, uh, 
Power Rangers Turbo versus Beetleborgs Metallics, which is another crossover, which was apparently I learned is a pretty uh, rare comic to come by. Yeah. Um, well, we had some listeners describe it as a grail. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I, I you, you, but so, so thank you. Uh, at the time of this recording, we just received it in the mail. Uh, so thank you, Zachary Vanover, for doing that for us. We deeply appreciate. You really that. didn't have to do that. I no, just, absolutely not. No. We we very much we very very much appreciate that. Um, uh, let, let's just say after we got it, we're like, you know what? I think we're gonna have to rethink our comic book coverage because he sent this to us. And, well, that was the yeah. deal. That was, I mean, that was the. I was. Ne- I wasn't gonna have. I wasn't gonna ask somebody, or I wasn't gonna, um, uh, you know, accept an offer like that without, you know at least covering it because I feel like that's the right thing to do. Right. Um, but it looks like a lot of, I skimmed through it a little bit yesterday and it looks a lot of, it looks like a lot of fun. I'm going to have to brush up on my Beetleborgs to, uh, I guess fully understand what the heck is going on. Um, but I'm, I'm, but I am looking forward to it. So we do have a couple of crossovers planned. I know we, we plan on doing Godzilla versus the power Rangers at some point. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. That's probably just going to have to be just that might a, a, be a mega level crossover that with a might bunch be of like our a, friends. Yeah, I think that might be a, a live stream panel, live stream crossover. Maybe. You know what? Maybe that can be what we do for the 30th anniversary, like actual Power Ranger Day. We'll just get a bunch of our friends together and just talk about this comic. Maybe. Thinking out loud idea. live on the power trip. <laughs> it's it's a, it's 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 an option. Um, back to what I was going to say, I was thinking about this earlier today and, you know, Power Rangers and the Justice League, the Justice League being a very American property. It's a very American thing. The Justice League, Superman, Batman, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Power Rangers, which is a very also, which is also a pretty American pop culture thing, but it's also has deep, deep roots in Japan. And it just, this crossover just feels kind of funny and and uh, and really entertaining and weird and all the things at the same time because of that right right although you want to hear what honestly i think would be my dream well, not dream well maybe one of several dream crossovers with power rangers but it would <laughs> just be hilarious to do it what? what's that mighty Morphin power rangers and shoe ranger <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Boom could do it. I think Boom could do it. <laughs> I don't know what they would do. Else, I, I, I don't if know. Nothing else. It would be funny. <laughs> You're not wrong. It would be hilarious. And it would... <laughs> like they just beat up and like, why are you dressed the same as us? <laughs> and then they summon all of their mecha and, and they're like, why is your Zord alive? <laughs> Right. right. <laughs> it was just it would be great. And they, and then the Zhu Ranger's like, why do you take orders from a guy in a tube? <laughs> why do you take orders from a quirky old man? <laughs> why do you take orders from a quirky old man in a tube? <laughs> So I mean that would be that would be fun. Daishuzin would probably be, it would probably get angry at the Megazord. It's like who is this pretender? <laughs> <laughs> who is this empty shell? <laughs> so Nathan, before we wrap up here, what are your final thoughts on this comic book? I think it's pretty fun. 
as someone who is a fan of both of these franchises, this actually is pretty impressive. I have Mm -hmm. to say this actually takes advantage of the, of elements from both of these universes and, and what these characters have to offer and does some interesting things with it. That's the fun of these. It's not necessarily the plot. It's the fact that these characters are coming together and doing stuff. That's what makes it interesting, which is really what outside of just getting a truly amazing story in these crossovers, that's really what I want. I want to see, I want to see these creators take advantage of what both of these properties have to offer Mm -hmm. as opposed to just making it silly and gimmicky. Like a lot of these crossovers tend to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I agree with all of that. And I will tack on and say that I was pleased with this comic because like we, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, I think this comic, this, uh, I, I think this graphic novel honors the legacy of both properties and both teams really well. There was nothing in this book that made me sit back and think, well, Zach wouldn't say that or Kimberly wouldn't act like that. No, this this feels this feels like a really proper crossover, regardless of how ridiculous and silly it is. I really think that the I really think that the team behind this did a great job of of honoring both of these properties. Right. Especially Mr. Stanley Art Germ Lau with his variant cover for for issue one. I'm like, I want that poster. Oh, uh, which one are you? Which one are you talking That's about? The one of Wonder Woman and Kim. Oh yeah. I'm like, I want that. Yeah. I will yeah, hang yeah, that yeah. on my wall. Like I've seen like some of these alternate covers. I was kind of just I'm just kind of flipping through here, just looking at some of these, and some of these are really gorgeous. Like you have this like hyper. Uh, let me find it here. You have like this hyper realistic version of the just of the team. Uh, let me find it. Uh, who's it by? Uh, it is it is the one by um, Francisco Matina. It's the very like oil painting looking poster right i saw that and i thought it was alex ross for a minute no this is francisco matina it's i know that one's really good too no it's 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 very alex ross style like that hyper realistic painting Mm -hmm. style but it's really good but i Mm -hmm. agree i think probably the best the best cover is is of course kim and, and and diana by who did this one? Stan- I said Stanley Art Germ Lau, and there's three right. different okay. versions of it. You can just get the pencils, you can get black and white, or you can get color. It's gorgeous. All yeah. of this is gorgeous. Well, Nate, that was our discussion on Justice League meets the Power Rangers. Uh, care to tell the listeners with attitude what they can expect in the next episode? Well, we're getting back to our Super Sentai coverage, and let's just say we're covering something that's going to make Who Done It Better really hard to figure out. This is yeah, oh, it's yeah. almost unfair to compare because we're getting no say. I mean, go say Sentai, Die Ranger. Uh huh. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm looking yep. forward to this one, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed. If schedules, if schedules end up working out, we're going to have not one, but two of our very good friends on that episode. 
Yes, we're going to have Danny DeMana, who will continue to, well, I would say he properly completes the March and Hamilton podcast hat trick, because uh-huh. it'll be on a mainline episode, not a bonus episode. And then our former co-host in common, <laughs> Travis Alexander, will be joining us hopefully as well. Because apparently uh, he's a huge fan of Die Ranger. Oh, no. I mean, during the JDF memorial stream, he says, we were asking, like, what do you guys want to be on? And he just screams out, Die Ranger, Die Ranger, Die Ranger. So he really likes Die Ranger, apparently. Uh, but no, we. if anyone who remembers Travis, he was on that stream to memorialize JDF. He was also on a bonus ep- on a lightning round episode when we talked about a friend in need. Because Common Rider. Because Master Rider. Master Rider slash Common Rider. Uh, so Travis will be making his return to this podcast to talk about Die Ranger with us mm-hmm. and our friend Danny. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward And I to that. think he's the only other person who can say that he's done the March and Hamilton podcast hat trick. It's true. Hmm. Go figure. Hmm. Go figure. <laughs> uh, we are currently trying to nail down which comic we're going to be covering next month. Um, right. We have some, we have some contenders, but it's going to really depend on schedules and, um, and really just narrowing down what we want to talk about mainly. Yeah. Mainly just narrowing down what we talk, what we want to talk about. Cause we've got just to give you a a sneak peek, we've got shattered grid. We've got power Rangers aftershock, which was the sequel comic to the 2017 movie. And then we've got beyond the grid that we're thinking about doing. So there was a cup, there was a, there's uh there's a couple of those that we would like to have our we would like to have guests on and we're trying mm-hmm. to work out schedules there. Right. right. But as of right now, we're just trying to decide which of those three to do next. Right, right. Because we have a few other comic book episodes that we're that we have planned, but we have assigned those to corresponding sentais unless mm-hmm. something nuts happens like Legend of the White Dragon gets released the same month or something. So yeah. So for example, like the when we when we just talked about the um, the Power Rangers Turbo versus Beetleborgs comic, that one will come out the same month as when as the as the month we do Car Ranger because Car Ranger. they're both just yeah. ridiculous. Well, and it's Power Rangers Turbo, which and it's is, Power Rangers Turbo. So yeah, yeah is, we're trying to pair up the comics to the seasons right. as best we can. So just to try to make it a little bit more cohesive. Right, right. And, you know, so that's a little bit up in the air, but we're figuring some stuff out, you know. We'll let you know as we go. We've also been kicking around some other ideas for lightning rounds that we might try. Oh, and some of these lightning rounds that we've been kicking around, I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's (laughs) definitely going to, I would say this, it's definitely going to be a walk down memory lane for sure. Whether it's a good walk yeah, I was going to say, that's, uh, there's going to be, there might be seen. some fanboying and some rant mastering going on <laughs> with some of these. And they will uh, be both, yeah. and I, some of these will be TV related. Some of them will be comic related. Mm-hmm, for sure. So listeners with attitude, if you've enjoyed this episode where we discussed the Justice League and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, crossover, please let us know uh, leaving us by leaving us an Apple podcast review. And we will read that on the, another episode or a future episode of the podcast. If you want to send us feedback, you can email that to us at the power trip pod at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Michael, uh, you realize what? this is all in the credits, right? I know, but I still <laughs> wanted to tell people what's wrong with reminding people, Nathan. <laughs> 
because it's redundant? Don't gatekeep me, Nathan. I'm reminding the listeners with attitude where they can get a hold of us to give us feedback so that we can continue to interact with all of our wonderful listeners. Is that so bad of me, Nathan? I'm just saying it's redundant. Whatever, just I don't tell care. people to listen to the credits. <laughs> anyway, just maybe people don't want to listen to the damn credits, Nathan. Maybe they want to just maybe they want to hear my voice talk directly to them in a very kind what in a very kind way. But you read the credits and talk to the people's. Whatever. Anyway, and it has thank music you. and. <laughs> you know what it also you know what you know what it also uh you know what it doesn't have that I'm glad it doesn't have. It doesn't have Rito. So there. (laughs) Rito's Uh, not in the credits. Good. But Ninjor is. He's the bumper. (laughs) Why are we fighting about this? I don't know. (laughs) Why are we? I don't even know if this is going to make it to the main episode. It may just end up being B-roll. I don't know. (laughs) I was intending it to be B-roll when I interrupted you. Anyway, don't we have a power blessing? (laughs) We have a power blessing. We do have a power blessing. We have to do. And with that, listeners with attitude, may you always know how to land your pterodactyl zord. And may you like your face. You use it for all sorts of things. And may the power protect you. Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchand. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at thepowertrippod. And join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcatchers. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore R underscore illustrations. Our theme song was created by JP Gant. Follow him on Twitter at homebrewedSD. We also use tracks from Super Sentai Complete Works 30th Anniversary Album. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Toei Company Limited, Saban Entertainment, or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2023, Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC. Ha ha!